We see the sun setting on Firmament, Colorado, its waning rays burnishing the polished glass exterior of the Colorado National Laboratory. A gaggle of preteens pour out from the building, swirling and babbling like a churning river. Two adults wearing bright orange shirts that read, Heights Middle School, shepherd the group towards the parking lot, where a yellow school bus is waiting idly. The students board and fits and starts, shouting and jeering at one another over the harried instruction of their chaperones. When the parking lot is empty at last, the bus pulls away and heads towards the bridge that spans the Elkhorn River back into town. Several minutes later, three more kids emerge from the building. They laugh gleefully and high-five one another in celebration of their escape from adult supervision. Jovially, they march past the parking lot down to the Riverwalk Promenade, the popular recreation trail that follows the Elkhorn around Cathedral Peak and back up to Olympic Heights. The kids approach a bend in the trail where an old willow hangs over the river. One of them points at it and squeals an exuberant challenge, taking off towards it at an ungainly sprint. A second lets out a pitched shriek of excitement as she tries to catch up, leaving the more reticent of the three dawdling behind in protest. It's a photo finish as the girl catches up to her friend. They trade schoolyard barbs and shoves as they catch their breath. It takes a minute, in their excitement, to realize that the trail behind them is empty, that their companion is nowhere to be found. The pair exchange quizzical looks and begin retracing their steps. Worry steeps into their shouts as they search, peering down the riverbank and into the darkening forest. At last, the girl spies something, a small navy backpack with one of the straps torn in two. She plucks it from the ground gravely and turns to show her friend. She catches his gaze for only a moment, just enough time to glimpse the look of horror plastered over his face before he is pulled backwards into the forest in the blink of an eye. There's no scream as he disappears beyond the shadowy boughs, just silence, followed by a low, rumbling growl. The girl sprints away, pumping her legs as fast as they'll go, but in her haste, she doesn't notice the rut in the pavement ahead. She tumbles to the ground, and before she can right herself, she hears a deep, guttural heaving behind her. Welcome to Monster Hour, a Grim Camp actual play Monster of the Week podcast. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Hannah. Hi, everyone. It's Hannah. I play JR the Crooked. Kyle. Hey, it's Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Tio. Hey, it's Tio. I play Constance the Expert. All right. So we are starting a new mystery. And we're going to pick up almost immediately after the end of the interlude episode following Alvin's scene. We're going to pick up the next day. Alvin, I think it's probably safe to say that you would have wound up back at Constance's studio following your first sort of transformation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the place he goes when weird stuff happens. (laughs) And that was pretty weird. Yeah. So we're going to pick it up in media res in the studio. JR, you've been staying there, and and Constance, this is obviously your home, and a furry, unclothed Alvin has arrived at your doorstep in the late morning. Uh, Alvin? 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. that is you. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, why don't you come inside? Look, come, 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 come here. Come oh, oh, hey, it's Al- whoa, Alvin. Shh. I've I don't think had he wants a day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the rules are, but I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to like address it so openly. Let him say it. Hey, hey, Alvin. H- how are you? Well. I don't know exactly where I've been for some amount of time. Uh-huh. So I've had a moment, and I'll I don't have to rehash the whole thing, but I explain what I remember. As you do this, <laughs> I make you very elaborate coffee because I can't look at you while you tell the story. <laughs> JR, on the other hand, is making possibly an uncomfortable amount of eye contact with you. Mm-hmm. Like the whole time. <laughs> You're making eye contact for the two of us, basically. Yes. You're takes, eye contacting for two. It takes until Alvin has like finished telling his story that he kind of realizes his surroundings and blushes through the fur and grabs a towel or <laughs> nearest equivalent. Oh, like a, yeah. Oh, you're, um, like a drop you're, cloth. Oh, yeah. You know, not where my mind uh, first went. It's fine. Naked is beautiful, man. Until you did that. That's when Constance goes, oh, God, and tries to hand you the coffee cup at the same time that you're wrapping the towel around you and it, like, bumps. It's like, uh, 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 <laughs> take the, here. Thanks. Here. Thanks. I'm just going to go sit on the couch and kind of gesture for you to come sit down. I'm looking at the books behind me, trying to figure out if any immediately come to mind that might be helpful for us. It's been, I think we said like a month, a month and a half since the previous mystery concluded. I think it's safe to say that you probably did some digging, pun intended, (laughs) about (laughs) Alvin's condition. And there's an abundance of lore on lycanthropy, werewolves, creatures that you certainly would be aware of. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that this particular incident has provided any additional information okay it kind of feels like a next logical step in what you may already know about yeah i go to the bookshelf i pull a book i have spent some time putting tabs in these books i've made it more like going through a textbook library i'm not going to apply the dewey decimal system to this but i have my own constance system and I pull out a book and I open to a page that I had put a sticky note that says Alvin question mark and I hand it to you Alvin and I say I haven't found anything yet that can really help or even answer the question of what happened to you last night but I just have a little more background that might make you feel better you're not the first person person to go through this and it seems that there is a progression that happens and you are going through the natural progression and i hand the book to you thanks um now did alvin tell us exactly what he turned into i'm not sure he could see it specifically from his own eyes right i mean you definitely didn't like see yourself in a mirror but i think you have a Mm -hmm. grasp of what happened there are sort of fleeting memories from your transformation and you certainly remember and in fact can even still somewhat feel your profoundly changed Mm. sense of smell but i would put it to you as to what you would tell yeah i don't think he knows visually and specifically what he may have turned into because he was kind of blacked out for a lot of that but 
he definitely would have a pretty visceral memory of the feeling of the hunger and the free-ranging spirit and the feeling of running on all fours really fast. JR has pulled out her phone and she leans over to Alvin. Now, would you say your transformation was a little bit like this? And she pulls up that clip from Harry Potter where uh, Remus turns into a werewolf. Or would you say it's more like this? And now we've got a clip from Teen Wolf on YouTube. Or, like, which which would you say it was more like? Like this or that? And I've got a whole bunch of werewolf clips. Like, I you made, made, a, I, I made a, I made a playlist oh, on God. YouTube. <laughs> Don't worry. I did not call it Alvin. I called it A.H. Gang, this is all really, really helpful. But if I could ask for two things right now and we'll get back to the videos do you have an electric shaver and like a big file um (laughs) yes actually to both of those i did this pop art piece a while back that was a commentary on why we shave and how we don't use hair to its fullest capabilities sounds great yeah i can Can have it disgusting Uh, disgusting yes so and i go rummaging in the closet and i find this thing and it is like a comically large razor this it's like is perfect as big as your forearm alvin will retire to the bathroom for a little while and with a trash bag i turn to jr <laughs> as the door is closed and i'm like i think we're doing good on the support structure Right? We're, we're being supportive? Yeah. Have you checked out my YouTube? Play- it's a good playlist, right? I think it's a good might... little compilation. Yes. I would take some of the scarier ones off there in case he just feels a little self-conscious about it right now. I don't really know how to be a supporter to a lycanthrope. That's a new one for me. Honestly, this feels more like your arena because when I know somebody's feeling sad, I just give them a present. You know? Something... That I find somewhere. And I don't know that (laughs) Alvin really needs that kind of present. Although I am super willing to go out and get you a new razor because he's defo going to break that one. It was one of like six or seven. The patina was never quite right for the piece. I'll show it to you later. I'm sure you will. By the way, JR has had to suffer through many, many art exhibits while living here. Let it be very (laughs) clear. Every night there's a new piece. JR actually does know quite a lot about art. Oh. Well, like she's definitely stolen some oh like uh, expensive art not necessarily like the renaissance of art currently underway art that isn't pretentiously held up in auction houses frequented by capitalist goons yes no not like this weird shit that constance does i mean (laughs) nothing that's very very small part of the art world is profitable But I think right now, actually, as interesting as my art is, we should really be focusing on Alvin. So I think Alvin is in there for a while. Alvin, (laughs) it takes you some effort to resolve the after effects of your transformation, to get Mm -hmm. all of the hair that's on every inch of your body shaved away, to Mm -hmm. file down your claws to what used to be their normal amount. And Constance and JR, you're... Yes, exactly. One that will fit in your gloves. Constance and JR, you are talking about the merits of different forms of art as your companion is doing this. And uh, about an hour in, there is a swift, hurried knock at your door. I like knock really quickly on the bathroom door. Hey, someone's here, so maybe don't come out just yet. 
Oh, that's all gonna go down my drain, huh? I brought a trash bag. All right, Jr. Yeah, we're we're clear. We're clear. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the front door. Jr. You swing open the front door, and it is Leon. Oh, hey Leon. God. Oh, hey Jr. And Constance, and he looks kind of quizzically at you, Constance. Says, "Hey, is um is Alvin here?" We were supposed to to hang out today, but he's not at home. Alvin, is Alvin here for Leon? Maybe you should say that a little louder. <laughs> Let me really think about that one, In Leon. That, Leon, yeah. is Alvin here for Leon to talk to? Hmm. Alvin, you are you are mostly finished up. If you yeah. want to exit, <laughs> In here. Yes, and thank you for using my name and not Weird Art Girl. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I guess, about that. Can I Can I come in? Yep, you're welcome. Excellent. Constance clearly gives the look that he is not welcome, but says <laughs> you are welcome to come in. As soon as you tell him he's welcome to come in, he just sort of struts inside. Of course he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he goes inside and makes himself an espresso and goes and sits down. Alvin will come out of the bathroom with a full bag. There's still, I need a second. There's another at least like half bag. I hand you my little shark vacuum. This might be easier. (laughs) Oh, it's very kind. (laughs) That's quite small. (laughs) I mean to get the bits that fall on the ground inevitably. I'll grab that in in another trash bag, clean up and come back out. Leon looks at you, he's like, you okay, buddy? Well... Right now? I think so. Okay. Um, and he waits for you to finish getting cleaned up. <laughs> he sips his espresso. I'll come back out with a towel around waist still and just ask him, like, Leon, tell me straight, did anything, did you hear anything weird happen in the last 24 hours-ish? He looks at you a little surprised and says, a bit, yeah. I mean, I came looking for you, but I wanted to talk to all three of you, actually. Oh. What did you hear? I got a tip from... And he glances at you, Alvin, and says, uh, I got a tip from a friend, uh, Cecilia. Three kids from Heights Middle School went missing yesterday after a field trip at CNL. They missed the bus back, and no one's heard from them or seen them since. Hmm. The police are organizing a search party to go canvas the woods, but I don't know. It sounds a little suspicious. I thought maybe it might be something up our alley. Alvin our... sits down and is quite quiet. Our alley? JR, are you okay? Our. Even Constance doesn't pick up on the snarkiness and is just like, do you need some tea or something? Our alley? Oh, yeah. Our. Our alley? You guys okay? (laughs) Alvin, are they okay? I don't. I just got here, so. Okay, Constance gives JR a look like, can you believe this guy? And then kind of turns and goes, I suppose we have all been through quite a bit together. Leon, what exactly are you proposing here? Because last time we went down this road, you kind of disappeared on us and did your own thing. I have no reason to think that you won't just disappear on us the moment a good story comes up. So what exactly are you imagining we go do right now? I get it. And I didn't grasp the full situation last time. So let's, you know, we can do this as a team. I think it makes sense 
I mean, Alvin, you know, I've always been suspicious about the Colorado National Laboratory. Who knows what they're getting up to there? That's true. Did a number of school papers on it. I wrote many articles. I've authored numerous tweets, but- JR rolls her eyes so hard. <laughs> Just so hard. I think it's worth going to maybe like join the search party. FPD is looking for volunteers. You know, the woods by the backside of Cathedral Peak are pretty big. I'd love to go check out the Colorado National Laboratory. I don't know. I don't. So, let's hold they've on. They've never let's... let me in before. I don't know why they would now, but. Let's roll that back. You said the police department's doing a little search party? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, boy. Okay, my immediate answer is yes, because we don't have a lot of people who know what really is going on in this town, and time is of the essence for something like this, but I have some stipulations. I'm listening. Okay, one, and Constance goes rummaging through her closet, finds this bright purple Polly Pocket radio. It's like one of those old, fun radios that you get as a little kid. She hands one to Leon, and she goes, it's your responsibility to hold on to this at all times. I have my phone now. I'll keep good track of it. How about you keep both, just in case? I have no idea what the range is. These were from when I was like six, but they worked that one time there was a snowstorm. So, you know, just as a backup. Leon takes it and holds it in his hand and kind of turns it over a few times with a look of somewhere between like disdain and confusion at this old technology. And then he tucks it away in his messenger bag. Good, good. And then Alvin, you came here looking for help and as important as what Leon wants to do is, I just, are you okay? We need to go. The last thing I remember, I was on my bike. I had all my clothes. And when I woke up, I was near the laboratory. Okay. Oh. Leon looks at you and Uh, says, did something happen last night? I don't know for sure, but I think it may be better if we find some things than if somebody else does. Okay. Yeah. Leon looks at you a bit gravely and nods and says, okay, what do we do? Does anybody have a pair of pants? Pretty big (laughs) one. I hand you uh, my jacket. painting overalls. Done. Oh, boy. I'll put on some paint coveralls uh-huh. and like a smock. Yep. <laughs> Constance, the party's dispenser of good advice and unfashionable artwear. It looks less baggy <laughs> on Alvin. It uh, yeah, starts okay. to become a little tight-fitting on a big boy. <laughs> it's in Alvin. Alvin's on that train. Also, in the interim, JR has acquired a new suit, so right now she's sporting solid navy suit, and then she's got this really nice, very deep crimson waistcoat. I love it. FYI. So, what is the plan? We should probably get there together and then decide if we have multiple things. Okay. Because we all kind of want to go and check out what's going on near the laboratory. Yeah, the search party seems to be the prime lead we have right now. To clarify, the police department is organizing a search of the forest at the base Uh. of Cathedral Peak between Olympic Heights and CNL. Okay. Leon, because he is obsessed with CNL, wants to go to CNL. The police are not at CNL. Okay. My play would be to try to retrace my steps back to where I woke up. Yeah, which is near the lab. Yeah, within visible range, at least, of the lab. And from there, try to retrace steps and see what we can find there. Because Alvin is paranoid as heck that he had something to do with three missing kids. And I would rather, if any evidence of you just being there 
we find that before the search party exactly, gets there. Yeah. So I would rather start from the lab area and work our way over to the search party. Here's an idea. We all go to the lab. Constance and Alvin, you guys try and retrace your steps from there. And maybe Leon and I will try to see if we can get into the lab. Sounds good. Sounds like a good plan to me. Okay. Because I've got an idea for how to get into the lab. <laughs> Leon turns to you and says, what's your idea? Because I've JR, I've never been able to get in. How are you going to get in? Well, it's okay. you can show I will show... Hmm, how do you feel about being a junior field agent? I feel great. Awesome. Yeah, this is how this is going to play out. <laughs> and Leon gives you the biggest smile. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now I have a sidekick. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you can't start to like Leon. It's what binds us together. <laughs> All right, let's go. Hey everyone, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 8 of Monster Hour, where the real monster is the friends we made along the way. Especially that one friend. You know the one I'm talking about. I want to thank everybody who's taken the time to leave us a rating and review, or recommend us to a friend, either in person or on the social medias. The two most common ways that folks discover a new podcast are word of mouth and the recommendation section on their app. So we really appreciate your support in helping us show up in those places. And hey, if you've been on the fence waiting for a little incentive, today's the day. If you tweet about the show using hashtag MonsterHourPod, or send us a picture of your rating and review, you might wind up as a character in the show, which I think we can all agree is pretty rad. That's all I got this week. We'll be back with episode 9 of Monster Hour on October 8th. See you then. So the four of you are headed over across the Elkhorn River to the forest and the Colorado National Laboratory. Constance, you would know, given your knowledge of the town, the, the easiest way is probably to go over the North Bridge directly to CNL and then for you and Alvin to use the river promenade to head up along the bank of the river and then to the forest. There's a visitor section for CNL that you are free to park in. I look around a little bit. When we get out of the car, I kind of pop my head up to see and then kind of duck down behind the car. So this might be a good time to mention that my mom works here. I would prefer not to run into her. So I'm just going to hide behind the car until we're ready to part ways. Okay? Okay. Cool. Uh, sounds great. Great. It's fine. It's totally Look, you fine. would hide from her too if you knew her. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're not so far into this that you all are sort of screwed by the narrative, what gear do you have with you? What gear did you bring <laughs> with you while you did this? I'm glad you asked. JR has her fancy new cell phone okay. uh, with like four numbers in them. She also has identification on her. Is it her identification? No. Does it have her picture on it? Yes. Is it somebody else's name? possibly you know and then she's also not leaving the house unarmed so she's got the knife and she's also got a revolver as well i yeah. take leon aside and just be like be careful she's got her gun with her god damn it leon reflexively rubs his shoulder he's like okay, listen just yeah. like stay behind her i guess i will <laughs> never again constance pats you both on the shoulder like they're there 
Don't want to reopen that trauma. We both simultaneously wince in our shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is so mean to me. Oh, for the record, Leon has no weapons. Yeah, of -hmm. course not. No, his weapon is his mind. He has two cameras and a hidden audio recording. Several hundred followers on Twitter. Is... (laughs) Oh, well, carries yeah. that with him everywhere uh, I want it to be known Constance has refilled the pepper spray mm-hmm. Constance's signature weapon is pepper spray <laughs> yes, look, she has found a silver sword and a flamethrower but she has no idea how to use them they're super clunky and given how JR's weapon was used against the team Constance is not comfortable bringing a big weapon yet so she's got the pepper spray and I want it to be known that she does not have the other Polly Pocket radio it was more a trust exercise to see if Leon would be willing to take it. There are no batteries in it. It <laughs> right. stopped working right. 12 years ago. Oh, yeah, for sure. She just held on to it because she loves that good old Polly Pocket. You know, great world building. Before we split up, so Leon told us specifically, like, the kids had gone missing after a field trip here. I just want to make sure I've got some information when I go into this lab. What Leon told you is that three kids from Heights Middle School went missing after a field trip at CNL. They presumably missed the bus back. Okay. And no one, not their parents, not the school, has seen or heard from them since. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Okay. Constance and Alvin, you head off down the promenade. And I think for dramatic effect in the distance, you can see in one of the bends in the river, there's a gathering of people and uh, there is a police vehicle with its lights on parked on the trail. You can very much see in the distance sort of this search party beginning to form. But the two of you head out down the trail and then start into the woods looking to retrace Alvin's steps. But first, JR, you and Leon head towards the entrance of the Colorado National Lab building. The campus is made of three buildings. There's sort of a big primary building and two annexes. They're all glass exterior, and there's one primary entrance that everyone goes through, and then the annexes are behind it. And the whole area, aside from the parking lot, is enclosed in a high chain-link fence with barbed wire. Is it like a guard gate that I gotta get through, or...? Guard gate's a strong word. It's more like just someone who is watching the main entrance. But there's no, like, formal procedure to get in. There's just someone watching. Okay, so like I could just walk into the front door and I'm assuming there will be somebody probably inside. Yes. All right, well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go walking into the lab. You head inside into the foyer. It is a large atrium area. There's an abundance of tropical plants that are arranged in a very tasteful fashion. Up ahead, you can see a reception area where there are two attendants. To the right, there is a small cafe where a handful of folks appear to be getting coffee and lunch. And to the left, there is a almost like an exhibition area. There's some equipment that's set out. You're not quite sure what it is from the distance, but there's a big sign that just says imagination in front of it. And then you can see beyond the reception area, there's sort of a long hallway that goes a ways back and there's some offices that you can see. And then there is a full metal door with a security card entrance in the the very back. I would like to talk to somebody who looks like they know what they're doing. That would likely be the reception area. I lean over to Leon and I I go, you have a notepad, right? That's pretty archaic, but yeah, I I think I have one. Okay, good, 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 good. You should pull that out. So uh, walk up to the reception. There is a woman in her early 30s and a man in his early 40s. 
and they both look at you as you approach and both of them say uh can we help you yes you certainly can and i pull out a badge okay and i hold it out yes i am deputy sheriff charlie fairhurst from uh butte silverbow montana chief stoney is a friend of mine you know just coming in to ask some questions about the uh field trip is there somebody that I can talk to who'd be able to give me a little more information about that field trip? You said you're from Montana? Yep. Can we ask what you're doing here? I mean, I was here on vacation, but, you know, when a friend calls you up and needs a favor, are you going to say no? <laughs> <laughs> he has a whole to definitely will to manipulate someone. Uh, yeah, okay. and there's like uh, what, what will convince them to do what I want? Uh, I mean, at a minimum... They're going to need to hear it from Stoney. <laughs> and frankly... fucking happen. I have a badge quit. From Montana. It's a good badge. So I think you're good at reading body language. And when you drop Stoney's name, they seem to care very little. Shit. They didn't even bat an eye when you flashed your badge. You get the sense that you might need a appeal to a higher authority. And not a religious authority, but a, a higher legal authority than the local police department. I really should have gone with my Interpol badge. Okay. Mm, all right. But well, at a minimum, they're going to need to hear it from Stoney. He's busy. He's so busy. <sighs> the other thing I'm thinking is you said appeal to a higher authority. Would it behoove me to try and move further up the food chain than the front desk reception area? Like, see if I could talk to... I don't know, like an actual fucking scientist? These people don't appear to be your lay folk. Okay. You get the impression that they are hired specifically to prevent people from interfering with scientists' work. Oh my god, they think they're better than me. You think you're better? You're not better than me. They think they're better than you. They're not better than me. I mean, they might be like morally better than me. <laughs> but they're not like better, better than me. I don't really want to call up uh... JR, as you're sort of grappling with this decision, Leon looks at you and he raises his eyebrows twice and you get the sense that he's trying to convey a willingness to create a distraction of some variety. I kind of squint my eyes at him and I give him like, like a small nod. He's been standing a little bit behind you and he sort of rushes up to the desk and slams both of his hands down on the table and says, you folks at the Colorado National Laboratory, you think you're above the law? Well, I'll tell you what. I am a reporter from the Jackalope, and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I've always known you were shady, and here you are denying a law enforcement officer access to this facility? <laughs> there you go, Leon. I demand to speak to your manager. Way to Karen it up. Speak to your manager skills. The male receptionist stands up and says, Now, sir, you're creating a bit of a scene. I'm going to have to ask you. And Leon cuts him off and says, No, sir, you are creating a bit of a scene. You're denying the public their access. Oh and God, he Leon. he moves sort of around to behind the reception area. And he pulls out his camera and starts taking pictures of everything. And at this point, the female receptionist also stands up. And the two of them start moving towards him and telling him that he needs to calm down and sit down. And so uh, yeah, they that's... are momentarily distracted. Yeah, that's my cue to sneak past. Are you going down the hallway area? Yes. Okay. You slip past these receptionists and you head down. The first few doors down this hallway are these open concept offices. They're enclosed, but they're enclosed in glass, like almost everything in this building. And there's there's some people in some of them. Some of them are unoccupied, but no one seems to pay you any mind. And eventually you reach this 
heavy metal door that has sort of a key fob access point on it. Does it pull out the skeleton key? And just like last time, it begins to vibrate in your hand and it gives off this sort of low hum. And after a few seconds, the key fob flashes green and you hear a very heavy locking mechanism decamp from the door and it swings open. All right, I'm going in. The hallway continues for a short distance and then reaches sort of a circular open space where there's a few couches and chairs and areas where folks could like have a little break and relax. There's a vending machine off to the side. It's all very tasteful, very modern. Even the vending machine is stocked with, you know, hummus and carrots and snap crisps and really healthy popcorn. So it's a shitty vending machine is what you're telling me. It's a very bougie vending machine. (laughs) Yeah, again, that's why you don't want to meet my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Uh, There are four hallways that branch off in like an X formation. And across this large circular room from where you are, there is two sets of elevators. Okay, I think I'll go down that first hallway on my left. There's a door there. I assume you do a similar trick with the skeleton key and unlock it. So I won't belabor this point, but almost every entryway in this area has a key fob. You are using the skeleton key frequently. Okay. Mm -hmm. You unlock this door and it opens up into another hallway. This one has, rather than offices, there are large labs that are lining both sides. And you can see there are folks working in these lab buildings. You pass by the first one and there's a handful of people at computer stations and they look like they're working on some sort of code. You pass by another one and it's like a shop, like a workshop, and they appear to be fabricating some sort of material. There's another one where folks are just looking at some machinery that you don't really understand what it is or does, but they look like they're taking measurements of something. Uh, And so this hallway appears to be just lined with these various labs. And has anybody noticed me or do I just like... People have looked up at you, but no one has responded to your presence. It's the suit. Yeah, you get the sense that it's just because you're walking around in a nice suit. Yeah, it's always the suit. Suits are magic in their own, right? Trying to figure out what I want to do. I want to find out what the hell they're doing, but I also don't really want to draw a ton of attention to myself. Let me go down and check down one of the other hallways. It is comparable. Okay. Hmm. And in fact, just to sort of round this out, yeah, all four of the hallways are filled with just these sort of lab rooms. Okay. Most people appear to be either taking measurements or coding. There's a few fabrication stations. What does it look like they're fabricating? Why don't you roll to investigate a mystery? All right. Yeah, let me do that. That's an eight. On a seven to nine, you can hold one and you can ask one of the following questions. What happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? Or what is being concealed here? Uh, what is being concealed here? I think for what is being concealed here. What's what's JR's science background like? Pretty non-existent. Yeah, you have no idea what they're making. Mm-hmm. Great. But as you're sort of peering into one of these labs, I think on the wall there is a fire evacuation plan. Mm-hmm. And it shows the schematics of the building. Mm -hmm. And you can see the building is four stories tall. And you can also see that there are three subterranean levels. Hmm. 
Interesting. That is what I'll give you for what is being concealed here. Yeah, I'm going down the stairs. Uh, use your skeleton key to open the stairwell entrance, and you start heading down. All right. Which floor are you going to? Let's go to that first subterranean floor. I don't want to get too far underground. The first floor you exit out into, and there's a similar circular lobby area. Mm-hmm. There's three hallways that branch out from this, and the three of them are labeled equipment storage, hazardous material storage, and server farm. Uh, equipment storage. You head down. It's not actually even a hallway. You just open this door, and there's sort of like this very large like hangar almost. And within it, there are these rows of like archive stacks almost holding like spare laboratory goods microscopes parts and pieces like there's printer supplies various things Mm -hmm. and in the far back you can see there are a handful of big bay garage doors i think you can see that because one of them is open and they appear to be loading and unloading stuff from a freight truck Okay. So there's no, like, files or anything that I could look through in here? No, I think this is just equipment. It's just equipment. Okay. So the other two were hazardous, and what was the third one? Server farm. (sighs) Let's go look in the server farm. I'm scared of hazards. <laughs> you open the door to the server farm and it is a similar layout, but it is just rows and rows and rows of electronic equipment. And all of it is whirring and buzzing and just emitting this sort of low droning sound. And there's, Fuck. boy, there's a lot of it. Great. I mean, you don't know what to make of it necessarily, but like, this is a massive server farm. Okay. I am going to also take a couple pictures of this with my phone. Sure. Because this does seem like an awful lot of server stuff. And then I guess this will be the death of me. Let's go into hazardous storage. You open the door to hazardous storage and it is a similar but smaller warehouse and it is full of, they look like crates, but they're all made of lead. Oh, this is like some Indiana Jones last scene in the warehouse, except they're all lead. Yeah, that's a good touchstone. Is there anything written on the boxes? How big are these boxes? They vary in size. Most of them just have like SKUs, like barcodes, but a few of them are labeled radioactive. Great, great. Love being next to radioactive materials. If I'm looking around in here, is there anything else that I could spot or learn? Why don't you roll to investigate a mystery? All right. Yeah, we're going to do that because it's creeping me up like an awful lot. That is, that is a 12. Okay. Hold two. Well, the first one I know is I want to know what happened here. And then I think the second one is what is being concealed here. So what happened here? There's like little manifests on some of these boxes, especially the ones that are radioactive. And they're dated about 50 years ago. Holy shit. They're all marked top secret classified. Oh boy. And I think you get a general sense that the Colorado National Laboratory was involved in nuclear research back when that was a priority for the United States. But- Those all appear to be dated in the same time period, and those ones that are labeled radioactive are all old. There aren't any new ones. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else for what is being concealed here. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Shit. You go to leave, and you see (laughs) that there is a console on the inside of this door, which you haven't Mm -hmm. seen in the other ones, and it is a digital console, and it says security log, and there is a bunch of timestamps, and like a first initial and then a last name, and then you can see at like 123, there's a timestamp, and it just says error, 
Uh-huh. Which is the time that you entered this room. I think we're getting pretty close from time for me to go, but what are some of the other names in the console? Would there be any last names that I might recognize? <laughs> Let's see. Stony. <laughs> well, that would be a curveball. Ah, Stony's a scientist? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> that would be a curveball. Um, I don't think there are any recognized okay. in the console. Okay, well, it's certainly time for me to get out of the hazardous room. My luck is going to run out at some point. So, yeah, well, I'm going to exit back into the first floor. As you exit out into the <laughs> shit, shit. central area, shit, one shit, of the shit. two elevator doors opens, and Fuck. a man wearing all green, tight-fitting clothes and a helmet and carrying a M16 assault rifle steps out into the foyer. Has he seen me? Yes, and he's looking directly at you. Shit! And he's walking towards you. All right, I, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I pull out my badge. Afternoon, sir. Uh, Deputy Charlie Ferris from the uh, Butte. Did you Silver. just access this room? Uh, it was unlocked when I got down here. <laughs> I find <laughs> all of these doors they just <laughs> were open. That's not possible. I don't have a key card. I don't know what to tell you. Pretty sure it's still a crime. <laughs> <laughs> were you credentialed at the front desk? Uh, there was a commotion up there when I came in. Nobody was there to help me. So you were not credentialed at the front desk? No, some reporter was up there just throwing an absolute fit. Yes, he's been placed into custody. Oh, uh -oh. fuck. Yeah, but no, nobody was there to help me, so I, you know. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to come with me. You're in violation of several United States criminal statutes. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> again. Again. <sighs> All right. Thank you. Come with me. He leads you to the elevator and takes you back up to the main floor to a empty office space and shuts the door. Is there a window in the door? Yes, there's a window in the door. What do I see out the window? It's the main hallway. Okay. Is there anybody out there? Nope. Okay. I'm going to wait like five minutes and then I am going to use my skeleton key and I'm going to run away. <laughs> You're going to leave Leon there? God, do I have to rescue Leon? No, you do you. You do JR. I'm, this uh, is a commentary from the outside world. Would Batman rescue Robin? <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> He's your sidekick. Oh, God. Okay, fine. I'll your wait. Your boy wonder. Oh, my God. Fine. Okay, JR's not going to run away. I'll stay in the room. I'll see what happens. A short while later, that same security officer comes in. Just so we're setting the scene, I've got my feet up on that table and I'm cleaning under my fingernails with my knife. The door swings open and the same security guard comes in and he is accompanied by a woman in her early 50s. She's wearing a white lab coat and a hijab. And the security guard stands by the door and the woman steps up to you and says, Deputy Sheriff... Charlie Fairhurst. Charlie Fairhurst. Can you tell me what you were doing here? Well, got a call from uh, Chief Stoney about some missing kids. And, you know, like to help out any way that I can. Three missing children. Well, did they even leave the lab? Who knows? That could be very, hmm. very bad, couldn't it? Don't you want to help law enforcement? Don't you want to help the families of these children? I did give Stoney a call. And, oh, uh, <laughs> He doesn't know a Deputy Fairhurst from Montana. I mean, this is my married name. He probably knew me back before I was married. <laughs> I mean, it's been, it has been a while. 
President Quaco that Charlie, why don't you tell me, since you yeah. prefer to go by Charlie? I mean, it's Charles to you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Charles. Now, what all did you see when you were illicitly accessing this facility? It's better. What did I see? Well, got a lot of computers, and you got a lot of boxes. And that's about what I saw. No sign of any kids. Good for you. Wouldn't want to find any dead children in here, would you? <laughs> oh my god! We don't appreciate your failed threats. That was not a threat! How was that yeah. a threat? It kind of <laughs> was, like you were going to frame them. <laughs> like you That's had the not... dead children, you are going to throw them in there? <laughs> That's not how I intended it! I just intended it to be very dark humor! <laughs> well, Charles, we would be within our rights to hold you here until the U.S. Marshal Service could retrieve you as you have violated so many federal statutes. But in the interest of expediency, because law enforcement is really not our mission here at the Colorado National Laboratory, we will be remanding you to the custody of the Vermont Police Department. All right. And what was your name? You can call me Dr. Tamina. I am the president of the Colorado National Laboratory. And it's a pleasure to meet you, and I hold out my hand. She looks at it, and then uh, (laughs) (laughs) she looks at the security guard, and she says, Charles, will you handle Charles? (laughs) And the security guard looks at her and gives the faintest smile, and then pulls out a pair of handcuffs and handcuffs you. Um, and walks you out the lobby to the entrance of CNM. Well, Charles not in charge. It's fine. <laughs> well, one Charles is well, in charge. The other one is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. As you uh, reach the entrance, you can see Leon is already out there in handcuffs, just kind of sitting on the sidewalk. And another security guard is standing by him. Okay. And Leon looks at you and says, anything good? Not really. Yeah. I lost my cameras again. Oh, no. So, Alvin and Constance, you are making your way down the promenade, which runs the length of the Elkhorn River between CNL and the West Industrial District. Alvin, you're trying to retrace your steps, is that right? Yeah. Okay. I figured it wouldn't be too hard to find where I woke up, at least, because I came from there. So you're probably ducking off the promenade pretty early then, to sort of almost follow like the fence line of CNL. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't see any reason why this would be difficult. You have some pretty clear geographic markings, and it was just early this morning that you did this, so I think you pretty easily retrace your steps to the point where you emerged from the forest and reached the fence line for CNL. Probably not too hard to find the spot where I woke up, but anything before that is difficult. I guess we'd like to just kind of start our own little search party from there, just trying to find if there's any blood around where I woke up and try to get Constance's brain and eyes on the scene and my nose maybe following any trail. I think it's fair to say that you probably also can make it back to the place where you woke up. And so you reach this clearing where you came to after your transformation. Why don't you go ahead and roll to investigate a mystery? Either one of you. Only one of us can do it. 
I think it makes the most sense for one person to roll and another person to help out if need be. I can help you with my nose, but I think you're still better at it. Yeah, and I don't have the emotional baggage of having woke up here kind of mm-hmm. thing, so I can maybe assess the From a neutral scene. standpoint. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little more neutrally. Okay, so I kind of look around, and I do the thing. I get an 11. Whoa. Okay. All right. On a 10 plus, yeah. you get to hold two. And the questions just again are, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? Or what is being concealed here? And you can do one and then decide what you want to do next. Perfect. You're reading my mind. Okay, I'm going to ask what happened here. For what happened here, I think you see a couple of things. There's no blood here. Phew. So there's no sign that something or someone was killed here. You do see there's a lot of indentations in the grass. It looks like something rested here for like several hours. And I think you can also see that there are a handful of paw prints that look canine in nature, and they lead a few short steps away from CNL and into the forest. And I think that's probably it for what happened here. I'll also ask what is being concealed here. You're studying the scene and you're looking for clues, and there's not a lot. But you're looking around and you notice that there are birds, like an abnormal number of birds. And they're all staring at you. Weird. At Constance? Creepy. Well, at both of you. There's probably like a dozen birds just sort of in this clearing. And they're kind of just watching you. Um, so, Alvin, I mean, unless you smell differently, good news, buddy. Doesn't seem like there's there's no blood here, so, you know. (sighs) That's a relief. Yeah, as far as transformations go, from what I've read, this is probably on the better side of things. Um... Have you noticed the birds? Grr. Oh. Grr. I'm, hmm? I, I'm not trying to shame you. You're hmm? just doing what comes <clears throat> natural <clears throat> to you. But um. Yeah, I see the birds. Yeah, I figured. I don't remember the birds. Yeah, I think they're watching us. What if we take like five steps to the left? Okay. Three, two, one. I take five big steps to the left. Yeah. Are the birds still like? Twelve sets of beady eyes follow you. <laughs> oh fuck! Look, what if I, I just casually climb this tree? Maybe just uh, no, get no, up no, there. No, no, no. Sit. Okay, sit, sit down. Down <laughs> is what I meant. Sit down, like a human would say to another human. Sit down, relax. <laughs> uh, so I did not sign up for a retelling of the crows. This is not ideal. Maybe we should migrate closer to other humans get a little closer to the watch party see if they follow us could i take a sniff around and see if i smell where my clothes or anything like that yeah i'm gonna have you roll to investigate a mystery are you using your shapeshifter i'm using my sense of smell but i'm not shapeshifting completely into the coyote so i don't know if that plus one applies I think you are in between chasing birds. You're looking around and you can kind of see these faint traces of scent. And you're trying to follow them and you're trying to see them more clearly. And Constance, you see Alvin sort of pacing around this meadow. And as he's doing so, his face is changing. His nose and his mouth are bulging out from the rest of his face. And he's growing more of a beard, but it's not just on his chin and his cheeks. His eyebrows are growing too, and his face is changing into this canine appearance. 
until he's standing fully humanoid, oh. but his head is that of oh, a wolf or more of a coyote. Shit. And he's sniffing around. Alvin, roll to investigate a mystery. Okay. I touch my hand to my pepper spray, just in case. You never know. <laughs> you do get plus uh, one. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, no. That's a four. Ah, mark oh. experience. Yeah. Alvin, you're grasping for these scents and you can't quite get them. Too many birds. And Constance, very you're, it's very distracting. And Constance, you're watching Alvin as his hybrid form is stalking this meadow. And then you hear the sound of branches cracking beneath footsteps. Uh. And you can hear someone approaching. And you have maybe a second. I pull the hoodie over Alvin's face and tell him that we need to hide. I have a feeling those birds are watching us like the weirdest security system imaginable. You get just enough time to pull the hoodie over Alvin's face and turn him away. And then you hear a voice from across the meadow say, Constance? Uh... (laughs) Is that you? And you recognize Detective Galvan as she steps out into the meadow. Uh, can I push Alvin into the bushes? You are nowhere near <laughs> just... any cover. God damn it. Alvin's hood is up and he's Pretty turned visible. away from Detective Galvan, okay. but that is the only concealment around you. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. I think Alvin's smart enough not to turn around yeah. right now. I'm trying very hard to calm down, doing my breathing exercises, <laughs> remembering what Pull I Pull up your meditation I... app. Uh, I'm going to walk towards... <laughs> this episode brought to you by Headspace. When hey, you need I'd a meditative calm to slip out of your hybrid like anthrope shape. Try Headspace. Look, fair reason. I get it. <laughs> um, I walk towards Detective Galvan to cut her off at the pass, essentially. Hi! Hello! Constance, what are you doing here? I don't feel comfortable telling you because I know it'll get back to my mom and it's personal. Oh, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Your mom yeah, is yeah, yeah. a lot. <laughs> You're in the middle of the woods. What could your mom possibly be concerned about here? And who is that? That's the thing. I haven't told my mom about this person yet. Do you get where I'm going with this? Detective Galvan blushes a little <laughs> bit, just faintly. She says, oh. <clears throat> right, well. This also works out because Alvin is then trying to, like, cover himself best he can. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm technically not (laughs) lying. This is all true. (laughs) Just says, okay. Tech. mm. You notice that he's wearing my painting pants. Look, it's complicated. We don't don't need to get into it. It's fine. You haven't happened to see any children, like middle school children around here? I don't know if you've heard, but some children went missing here in this forest. (gasps) I think think i did hear about that isn't there a there's a search party going on isn't there yes i'm leading the search party right i mean that makes sense well i'm so sorry we hope to find them soon it's probably just you know childish pranks but we must take this thing very seriously right i mean they were young kids that's two 10 year olds and an 11 year old wow okay well i have not seen any children in the forest uh i'm not too worried because you know, that's what kids do. Well, I used to play in this forest all the time. Yes, I've heard um, kids can be quite rambunctious. Yes, they sure can at all ages for different mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. 
The mm. woods. Mm. <sighs> anyway, we don't need to get into it. Um, we don't. But, uh, Please. <laughs> side, side note real quick. Um, I know you're super busy. I'm just curious. You guys got some bird tech, some bird security? I could have sworn I saw a crow that was watching me just a little too closely. You know what I'm talking about? You're probably not going to tell me if you know what I'm talking about. It's okay. I'll badger my mom about it. She won't tell me. Don't worry. She's a good employee. Do you think the birds are watching you? <laughs> you know. She sort of looks around and sees like a few of the birds and then just kind of looks at you very confusedly. Constance, there are birds in the woods. I know that. Look, you guys have all sorts of technology. How am I supposed to know you haven't trained? Look, the CIA tried to train cats to be spies during the Cold War. Yes, and this we is learned not from out of those the realm lessons. of possibilities. Well, I'm glad to hear that. For a second, I thought maybe my mom was trying to spy on my personal life in the forest. I can't speak to Stuff what techniques to your mother uses to, to surveil about. upon you, but the Firmament Police Department does not use trained birds. <laughs> okay, you... <laughs> You understand why I had to ask, given my family. You get it. I don't know your family that well. Yeah, but what you know about them. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm standing firm on that one. You're squandering this opportunity. The more I learn, the more disconcerted I am. Yeah, look, you don't want to get involved in that personal life. I appreciate your discretion. And I do hope that you find those kids. If I hear, God forbid, if I see something, how do I alert someone? You are welcome to call the Firmament Police Department direct line. Or, I mean, if you want to join the search, you're welcome to a walkie-talkie. And she proffers one. I would gladly take a walkie-talkie. I think my companion and I might continue with our plans for a bit and then meet meet up with the search party. But yeah, Constance takes the walkie-talkie and makes a show of making sure that it's working. So I think you take the walkie-talkie and try to make sure that it's working. And as Mm -hmm. you hold it in your hand, it crackles on. And you hear the voice of a dispatch officer come online and say, Detective Galvan, Detective Galvan, do you copy? Over. And she picks up a walkie-talkie and says, "Uh, Yes, this is Detective Galvan. Uh, Yeah, we picked up one of the kids. We found him. Oh, that's uh, good. Shaking up a little bit, but we're uh, we're bringing him into the station until his parents get here. So something attacked him. 